Hello and welcome back to Bob Lab. I'm Nate here with Jason. Yeah, and, and I think I think they know our names by now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love that intro, man. It's a good intro. Anyway, um, all I can say right now is what a difference two weeks makes. I mean, I think two weeks ago was the last time we made an episode, and back then, really, all what there was to talk about in the off season was a couple of small moves made by the Angels. Yeah, I mean. Two weeks makes a huge difference, and then this past week with the winter meetings happening, a lot has happened, and Nate, we're going to cover the majority of those moves, primarily the big moves, and wow, this offseason has been wild. The hot stove has been cooking. Uh, let's start off with, I guess I guess chronological order, Um, Jose Abreu has signed a three-year, $58.5 million deal with the Houston Astros. And you know, for the Houston Astros, who just came off a of World Series... That's an instant upgrade to Yuli Gurriel. When you look at the first base position, Gurriel was good, but you just add a lot more power with Abreu. He's such a good hitter and a guy who is going to impact the Houston lineup a lot for the next three years. And and also like unlike um, many of the other deals, um, this isn't this isn't like you know a super ambitious signing you know of a guy till he's forty. I mean, Jose Abreu's thirty five right now, and you know he's going to be it's a three-year contract so i believe it'll be 38 or something when uh, the contract expires and you know he's getting paid a little under 20 million a year and i think he's one of you know the better first baseman in all in the american league um especially on the hitting side so yeah i think like this is a really good signing for the astros and kind of a win-win and i think uh jose abreu got at the exact amount of money he deserves no yeah i mean you know, we'll talk about our Red Sox in an, in the previous episode, but you know, that's a guy who the Red Sox I thought should go who they should have at least, you know, made a huge push. They did, but they were definitely upbid by the Astros. Nineteen and a half million annual value when you look at him basically twenty. He's he's just so good. He was so good with the White Sox, you know. Pandemic season M V P and you know, I think, you know, he's has a he, he has a great chance to make an impact in that Houston lineup, like I just said before. Yeah, just a good, under-the-radar, solid move by Houston. I mean, as much as we want to hate them, they truly are just a very smart, well-run organization. And um, we are, and now, uh, Mike Clevenger has signed a one-year, $12 million deal with the Chicago White Sox. And you know that Chicago White Sox team? Very disappointing in 2022. They just add to that starting rotation and make it even better. I like the move a lot. And, you know, now the focus for them is the bullpen. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I mean, you can never have too much pitching. And, you know, to get another starter is a very good move. And, yeah, this makes much sense. I think probably get get their next, you know, thing to look for is the bullpen and probably some hitting. So, yeah, like another good all-around move for the yeah. White Sox. And when it comes to Mike Clevenger, you know, coming off Tommy John a year ago, and only pitched, I think, the second half of this season, you know, was pre- was pretty solid. So, you know, that's probably why he got the one-year deal, just to prove himself elsewhere. And maybe he'll get the big bucks later. Maybe, you know, another five, six, even seven-year deal. Maybe he'll revive himself from the dead. Because before 2021, when he got Tommy John surgery, Nate, he was a pretty good pitcher for Real Cleveland. Good. Real good. Um, And then, so so yeah, pretty good pitcher for Cleveland. Um, see, a seemingly smart all-around, you know, uh, another, you know, under radar move, you know, without much to talk about. But now this is when things get, you know, a little more crazy. Justin Verlander signed a two-year, 
$86 million deal with the New York Mets. The New York Mets just can't continue to, you know, Steve Cohen continues to say, the tax on me during the lockout that we implemented doesn't affect me. I'm just going to continue to spend. And, you know, he got only the best pitcher in the game, arguably, right now. Maybe, you know, top, definitely top three. But, you know, I think that top one, the best pitcher in the league is obviously a debate. It'll continue to be. But when you add Justin Verlander to any team, you only get better. Yeah, I mean, this deal is insane. But I feel like if this makes any sense, it's insane and smart. Because I believe, I mean, because I think 2022 really showed, really was a statement from him showing that he's still got plenty left in the tank and that he's not washed. He's not, you know, too old for the game. I feel like he's still absolutely got it. And considering the numbers that he put up, he, I think he's worth $43 million a year, a year, believe it or not. And like, you know, it's only for two years. I think he's, what's he, 39 right now? So I don't know. He'll be maybe 40. 41 years old I think he'll be 41 years old when the contract expires I think that if the Mets are able to get at least one good year out of him I think it will be a successful contract and I think the chances are that of that are pretty high so um yeah like especially since like they've lost uh, they've lost you know another guy in the rotation Jacob deGrom who we will get to in and a minute. they also lost Chris Bassett and don't Chris, forget about him he was a pretty good number three starter and Chris Bassett uh, I think that Justin Verlander is a really good um return to form type pickup and crazy but you know I will say smart you know yeah they lost three good pitchers they lost Jacob deGrom they lost Chris Bassett they lost Taiwan Walker all of those players you know they create a huge hole in the rotation and Justin Verlander for the most part solidifies at least that role. And like giraffe neck, Mark always says, Justin Verlander is a fine wine. He only gets better with age. Only gets better with age. I love that statement. Yeah. And he, and you know, this type of signing will continue the theme of basically contracts until a guy turns 40. Um, Starting with Trey Turner, who signed an 11 year, $300 $300 million deal with the Phillies. This, I don't know how to, th- I don't know how to feel about this one. I mean, he's an excellent shortstop, but like, I, th- I, I mean, like, I, I think you've mentioned that shortstops are kind of like, I don't know, would you say wide receivers in the sense that, you know, yeah. they can't, is that like, you know, they age, time, earlier. they age earlier and father time can catch up with them a bit earlier and I mean, maybe in the first few years he'll be good, but I'm afraid that he's that this contract's just gonna fall apart in the second half. Oh, I I kind of agree with you. You know, you know, Philly always they said they wanted to enter the shortstop market and get a big guy, and they did. They got, you know, arguably the best shortstop in the free agent market, one of the best. You know, considering Correa's still a free agent. You know, Trey Turner, he 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 provides. He's I think he's a five tool player. You know, great speed. He'll still could steal 30 bags if he's healthy, plays 152 games or something mm-hmm. like that. He provides some power. He hits for average. He, he, you know, I, I, I know he, I don't know his home run numbers, but he plays okay defense too. Mm-hmm. I don't know his outs above replacement, but I think Philly is getting a really good player here. And, you know, another thing to look at, you know, Dombrowski has been spending a lot this offseason. And I think if you're a Red Sox fan, you you know the bad contracts he gives out. You know they they bite you in the end. And I think this has a potential to bite him in the end. But I I'm not 
worried about what happens 11 years. I'm worried about what happens in the present. And in the present, they're getting a really good player in Trey Turner. Yeah, and I also think that, I mean, especially compared to, say, you know, another very big contract given to a shortstop who's very similar in age to him, I think Trey Turner is, I think <laughs> Trey Turner is better than that other player who's been signed that are just all around. So maybe he might be able to have a couple more good years of being productive productive, and maybe age doesn't catch up with him quite as much as this other player who's been signed. And, you know, maybe, maybe he'll just be good for longer. But yeah, I think like at least now, I mean, I think it's a good deal for the Phillies, but I'm just a little worried about how it's going to turn out, you know, later down the road. Yeah, but like I said, um, if I'm a Phillies fan, I'm worried about the present and not the future. Mm-hmm. Especially since they just made a World Series. They just made a World Series, and I don't think with the addition of Trey Turner and a few other their pitchers, I don't know if they're going to crack 90 wins. Their bullpen was, you know, they lost a few guys. and Who would they lose? Uh, Robertson. Robertson, yes, Robertson. Uh, Eflin, I know he's kind of a starter, but... They've lost a few guys, and Hand, I think he's a free agent still, and a few other guys. Knable, I know he he was hurt for most of the year, but they're losing some guys in the bullpen, and Dombrowski still, as a Red Sox fan, you know how he's reluctant to get some bullpen help, and he's his main focus is improving the starting lineup, and you know how bad a team can be if they don't have a good bullpen. Just ask us. <laughs> Just ask us. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but 27... Uh, annual value. I think that's a little over, but not insanely over. Because Trey for this Turner, market, no. For, especially for this market. But even like, you know, just looking at his value, I think like Trey, Tur- Trey Turner is excellent. I think he's a top five shortstop in all of baseball. Just, you know, kind, kind of like the Mookie Betts of shortstops, just how he's able to combine all of it. I mean, especially with his speed. But yeah, like I'm just a little, but yeah, like great now. I'm not quite so sure how it will be like during the last sort of third of that contract but anyway um now we get to Jacob deGrom kind of the sign the one that sort of just you know spurred this whole theme and spurred this whole theme of overplaying overpaying for players and kind of causing this market to sort of get a little out of hand yeah I mean Jacob deGrom arguably one of the best pitchers of our generation but he's uh, been injury riddled yes. and barely pitched the last two years. Keep that in mind. Yep, five years. Well, he pitched the first half of 2021 and was on track for a Cy Young. Then he got hurt, which and then kind of pitched uh, like a, a half of a season the year after. But anyway, five years, 185 million dollars with, with the, the Texas, Texas Rangers. Rangers. Who I will will start off by saying that on behalf of the team, not on behalf of the team, but staying the Rangers. I I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I think I think they're going. I feel like they're. I feel like they're just throwing money at everything and like not in a particularly smart way. I I gotta say this is not a very good move by the Rangers. I think Jacob Degrom's thirty four years old, and yes, when he has shown in two, he has shown in frankly only two years how good he can be when he's able to take the field for the full season. But the thing is, it's just. For the past, I mean, he hasn't, I think 2019 is the last full season he's pitched. Granted, 2020, you can't really count that because you don't, that's, you don't not count full, that. that's not full season. But 2021, 2022, same thing, just constantly on and off the IL. He'll go on the IL, then pitch great, then we'll go right back on the IL again. He just kept getting hurt over and over again. And I feel like the older you get, the higher of a chance you have of getting injured. 
And I think that, um, I sadly think that a big reason why he keeps getting hurt is just, you know, how is kind of how good he is on the mound and how much he's pushing the envelope. How, you know, the fact that he's throwing 100 to 101 miles an hour consistently, I think that's just not sustainable. So, like, you know, I mean, I feel like the only way for him to make, for this, for him to really not get hurt over and over again with the Rangers is to maybe tone it down a bit, maybe change his pitching approach. If that doesn't happen, I think that he's going to spend a lot of his time in this contract on the IL. Yeah. We'll see, honestly, if he's hurt for at least this season. Then I'll look back at the contract and say, what are these guys in Texas doing? You know, they're, they're getting... The other thing is, you know, they're not developing homegrown talent. They're just getting talent other places, which you... For a good balance of a team, you need homegrown talent plus other talent in the free agent market. And, you know, what did the Rangers have? You know, their homegrown talent. I, I, they do have talent. They're just young. They're not. They're not really developed yet. You know, they're not. They're not anything spectacular. But like, if you just get big market, big market players, you know, they're not going to be as good. And we saw it last season with Seager and Semyon over half a billion dollars committed to those two players how did they do did, how did they do in the stand i mean they did terrible and i called it perfectly by the way i did too anyway but yeah it's just like i think that is this is way too risky especially considering that they're paying him nearly 40 million dollars a year for you know a contract that i think has a 20 to maybe 30 percent chance of actually being successful yeah but i mean who, who knows that i think that the million dollar question is is he going to get hurt again? We don't know. I feel like there's a higher chance he does. Anyway, it's just like, he's just way too risky. Yeah. Um, how are we doing on time? Pretty good. Okay. Mitch Haniger to the San Francisco Giants. Three years, $43.5 million. I mean, now I think we're getting a bit tamer. This is one of the tamer deal- deals made. I think he is a, I think he's a 13 to $15 million kind of guy. I think he's a, he's a, I think he's a good outfielder, a good hitter. And when he's healthy, he can really do some nice things. And definitely an outfielder, you know, that the Red Sox should have gone, especially since we're short. But he signed with the Giants. And, yeah, I think, you know, he's a good add to the Giants. So, yeah, seems like a good move to me. It's a good move when you look at, you know, the judge sweepstakes. They were in contention for it. And I think, um, uh, what's his name, Mitch Haniger is a good, he's a good corner outfielder. And he, he has the glove. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy and for the Mariners, when he was healthy, he was really good. He was very good. But like, obviously, injury concerns are a thing. He didn't play so much twenty twenty, sorry, twenty nineteen. I don't know what happened in 2020, 2021, and twenty twenty two. We'll see. We'll see with him. I think he has a potential to blossom into the star everyone's thinking. I think there's a possibility that we see Mitch Haniger three years from now. You know. You know, two or three time All Star with San Francisco, and looking at some of this, these, you know, this market's just crazy right now. If he were, to, if he were to have two All Star seasons, and the market just keeps getting, if it's on the same trend it is, he's going to get the big bucks in three years. Yeah, and, and if obviously if he performs really well. Yeah, and I mean, I think this con and this contract's not crazy either. It's not like it's not. It's only three years, so it's not that long, and it's not a ton of money. So it's not like. He they they with this with the amount of money they're paying him they're really expect 
it makes them expect like a whole lot out of Mitch Haniger, like you know, to be like one of the best. Like if he's still good, I think that's okay because I think they're paying. I, I think they're paying what a good player makes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these contracts are like we'll see with them. A lot of years, a lot of years is like probably risky, over but, six i yeah, would say is a but, lot but of this years. is like an, an example of the opposite but mm-hmm. who knows yeah anyway um i don't know i think since we were speaking of aaron judge i think we'll skip a, a little farther down and talk about him resigning with the yankees nine years 360 million dollars i think i mean god bless the united states of america and this is a this is a crazy move like i mean i I think he's going to be, I think he's 30, how is he, 30 years old, Aaron Judge? I think he's 31. 31, so he's going to be 40 years old until until this contract expires. It's just like, I want to say this is irresponsible, but like, I mean, Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge's last two years have been excellent. They've been phenomenal years. I mean, last year he won the MVP and really, and those were all years where he played a full season and was healthy. So, I mean, like, you, I mean, I think they just, I think, you kind of can't not re-sign him. I mean, how could you not re-sign Aaron Judge? And just, I think the Yankees, you know, got kind of caved into the market and gave him this insane amount of money, which, I mean, again, like, with age, like, you never really know what's going to happen. He's a center fielder, or sorry, he's a big corner outfielder who can play center field, who had two really good seasons when he was healthy, one decent season, and Keep in mind, his rookie year was pretty great, too. Yeah, that's one of the two years that I was referring to. He had 2017, his rookie campaign was historical. Should have won the MVP over Altuve. It's not a question. I, As a Red Sox fan, I think Judge should have won the MVP over Altuve, considering what was going on at Houston. There was a lot, little, you know, scandal. Remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Remember it well. <laughs> anyway... But yeah, I mean, I think that, I think this is probably at the level of the Turner deal, but I think it's a bit better because I just, I mean, I, I don't I don't know how the Yankees don't re-sign him and just like, I think they kind of had no choice and, you know, I mean, the theme has been overpaying and I think that, you know, $40 million a year is, you know, I think the sort of right amount of overpaying considering this market because like, keep in mind how good he was those two years and maybe... Maybe, just maybe, he can continue to be great at an older age. Maybe he's just a late bloomer because he did break in at a rather old, like 24 years old, 25 years old. And, you know, he, and, you know, his injury is, is seasons where he had injury issues were 2018 and 19, which were relatively earlier in his career. And, you know, he's been healthy the last two years. So maybe, like, you know, things can go right and he can stay healthy, but just, you can't help but think that an old, the older a guy gets, the more injury prone he gets. Yeah, get, giving out a three hundred sixty million dollar contract with forty million a year for an outfielder who has had injury concerns in the past and had one historical season, you know, and two and two I, I just, very I good shrug. seasons and two very good seasons. I shrug at that and I'm like, you know, that and you got to keep in mind something that move doesn't make the Yankees better. Can't, how come it just kind of keeps them the way they are yep it kind of does I, I i think they they caved in i mean i think it's right down the middle unless here, unless move. aaron judge has 
a better season than last season, which I mm-hmm. do not ima- uh, imagine. I don't know, but uh, in a way, he's also such a very big part of this team. And, you know, I think he's very important as a player. So it's, I think I, I feel kind of split down the middle of them. I think, like, I think I honestly just don't know what to think. I think, you know. As a Red Sox fan, I think this will hurt them down the road when they're mm-hmm. trying for another big free agent. And he falls short because the Yankees have to pay Aaron Judge. I think we'll look at that maybe in five, six years and be like, what the heck? Yeah. So anyway, I, I can't, I think, I can't call this move a good move or a bad move. I can't, I really can't call it anything. But anyway. Yeah. Okay, Josh Bell. To the Guardians for two years, 33 millions. All right, Guardians, you know, actually spending a good amount of money uh, to a player that I've heard of. I think, you know, this is a really good move. I think, um... They need some help at first base. Um, Josh Bell's a legitimate bat, too, which they are in desperate need for. Um, this is a pretty good all-around move by Cleveland. I, I like the move, you know, winning the Central in a weak division. you got to get better because other teams are going to see, you know, oh, we're in a weak division. If we just get a few guys, we're going to be automatically in contention. I like the move by Cleveland. They haven't spent the money in years past especially with, you know, what's what's been going on. You know, Lindor left. They got Jose Ramirez extended for a few years. Or not a few years, a long time, actually. And that's what they needed to do. Cleveland's a sneaky good pitching team. I like what they have. You know, their bullpen's really good with, you know, Classe being that closer. You can't go wrong with him. And then their lineup, they needed that power bat, and they did get a decent power bat in Josh Bell obviously it'll be a question of where he's gonna get playing time is it gonna be first base or is it gonna be DH because you know someone named Josh Naylor can play there but I think he's also an outfielder or Naylor's also an outfielder too so it's gonna be interesting to see how they implement a system for them to moving forward and keep in mind Josh Bell is definitely a better player than Josh Naylor and um Let's go to Cody Bellinger, who signed, who's bet on himself and signed a one-year, $17.5 mil, mil um, contract with the Cubs. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's a little overpay. Think about this market. Like, I mean, oh, I mean, the term overpay kind of doesn't really exist. But yeah, um, I think. I mean, I think the Cubs and and the and the Cody Bellinger himself are kind of betting on themselves, and he's had a couple of rough years before, but you know he's shown some flashes. So I don't know, maybe we can see you know him play well with the Cubs for once. Who knows? And this is a chance for him to prove every all the haters wrong that you know it's been a fluke ever since 2019, and when ever since they changed, they tried to change his stance, which hasn't worked, obviously. But that's it's gonna be interesting what he does in Chicago. Obviously, any other player would not get seventeen and a half million dollars for their performance like he has these past two seasons. But who knows? Former NL MVP. Who knows what can happen with him? Yeah, I think who knows is the perfect way to sum up this deal. I really think it. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Here's the most one of the most shocking deals of the offseason. Brandon Nimmo re-signs with the New York Mets. Eight years, $168 million, $21 million per year. Steve Cohen, oh my god. That's gotta be the highest payroll in like 
sports. It's crazy. I think you said I think you said three hundred thirty five million dollars. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I think Brandon Nimbo has been a good player. I think that. And how old is he? Is he he's younger, right? Late twenties, would you say, Brandon Nimmo? Yeah, late twenties. All right. I mean, I think this is just you know another. I think this is you know a prime example of just how out of control this market is. I think Brandon Nimmo is a good player, and you know maybe someone who deserves to make fifteen mil a year, not quite twenty million dollars. But I think that with this market and the fact that Steve Cohen is prob is you know a guy who doesn't care and will spend as much as he thinks he needs to get his players. You know, I think if I'm a Mets fan, I guess I'm happy with this move. Yeah, obviously, spending, obviously, the spending nowadays, the more you spend, the better you are. Mm, You can't, you can't, that is not a valid argument. That's that's not That is not a valid argument, because if the Mets go out this season and they suck for some reason... Or find a way, you know, to kind of blow it at the end and, and, you know, sort of falter in the playoffs like they did last year, that argument holds a lot less weight. And so, yeah, I think that this move is just, you know, kind of our run-of-the-mill crazy 2022-2023 off-season market move. Yeah, already... You know, and I think else? finally, um, da- Daniel Robertson signs a one-year, ten million dollar deal with with the Mets too. David. Uh, David. I-, I keep I keep getting his name wrong. Uh, I think another. This is actually a more tame and solid move by the Mets. I mean, you can never get too much bullpen help, and I feel like David Robertson is another guy I'd like on the Red Sox, but sadly they didn't go for him. Um. And, yeah, he goes to the Mets. Um, you can never have too much bullpen. I think this is, you know, a, a nice, tame deal to end off the episode with. Yeah, alrighty. Go Sox.